Hey guys, welcome back to the Quarter Life Crisis podcast, the show where we debunk the realities of being in your 20s so you don't have to. Yay! Yay! <laughs> I just had to re-record that because I forgot to say it twice. Anyway, I'm your host, Genia, and today I'm joined by... Kyra. Wow! Wow! You just took my job. <laughs> I'm joined by the amazing Kyra. I'm so excited to have you on. Thanks. I've been nagging you for weeks. I'm so excited to be here. Like, literally, it's so nice going on somebody else's podcast and, like, not having the stress of doing it myself. That's so nice. Kyra is a stylist, a writer, and a fellow podcaster. Yes. And, yeah, I'm super excited to have you here. Thanks. I'm happy to be here. So, I always like to give a little background every time I have a new guest on. Mm. And how we know each other. Okay. <laughs> so we, I've had like many jobs on the side of my creative work. Um, and we met when I was doing a stint in a pub in Hackney Central. Uh, and we were good pals actually. Like yeah. it was good fun working together. We didn't work there together for long. No, I remember I just kind of like worked there because I was really broke. And then I got another job and just never spoke to anyone again. <laughs> I just left the group chat. You left there quite abruptly quite abruptly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i just remember having a chat with you one day and you're like this place is bullshit i'm leaving <laughs> something along those lines which it was and then i left <laughs> um that's me all over like that's me yeah i'm just like i'll like think of something and switch and then i'll be on like a different path yeah gone <laughs> we had dreams that were bigger than that pub yeah totally so much bigger totally one of the reasons you're here one of the many yeah is you recently just started your own podcast i did bold brilliant and broke yes what we all are <laughs> <laughs> i mean tell tell everyone what it's about so it's super interesting oh thanks so basically it's a money and business podcast for 20 year olds I had some business cards printed and it said, like, the Financial Times, but chic. So technically... I I wrote that in my my notebook. Oh, amazing. (laughs) I love it. Like, I'm pretty sure they're going to find me and see me. But um, it's basically talking about money, talking about business for young people who are starting businesses, people who are freelancers, in a way to develop our financial literacy and live the lives that we want. I did design at uni and no part of my course or my education were we talking about money, were we talking about selling business and building a business it was all very like the conversation was like oh if you just work hard the money will come Mm. don't worry about the money it comes after you work hard after you pay your dues after you intern for a year whatever and I just kind of found that that if that kind of advice didn't do much for me and I just decided that maybe we can all do it differently and so I basically am on this journey to find out how we can do that differently and that's what the conversations are on the podcast I will say, I listen every week. Oh, thanks. And you've become, it's become like my <laughs> weekly therapy. I don't know oh, why. Amazing. Listening to your podcast on so many occasions has given me a kick up the arse. It was your second episode, I yeah. think. It was Green Light Thinking. Yes, yeah. And you were talking about po- starting podcasts. Yes, yes. And I hadn't started mine yet. I had the whole concept. I think I had a couple episodes recorded and I was just kind of waiting for the moment to release it and I was Mm. sitting on it. I was super nervous. And then I listened to that episode and I came away from it and I was like, I'm ready. (laughs) I'm gonna, I'm gonna 
release it to the world. I'm ready for them to hear it. That fills me with so much joy. Yeah. Because that is, I guess, every time I do it, that's what I would... Like, that's my dream. Like, yeah. to make people feel like that they can do anything they want. Mm. Like, I was thinking about it this morning and I feel like I just want people to see their own power. Like, there's so many situations or conversations where I'm like, people are like, oh, like, I really want to do this, but, like, you know, I don't have the experience. Like, I was talking to someone this morning and I'm like, but who says that you don't have the experience? Like, why can't that idea come from inside you? And that's what I really like talking about. So to hear that you listen to it and then you're like, oh, yeah, I'm ready now, that just makes me feel very happy oh yeah <laughs> and it was the one you did a couple of weeks ago with sam and oh a may of eric yeah. festival yeah they're fucking great followed them they featured me yeah i saw that i was like oh i wanted to know if that was because you listened or like yeah situation. <laughs> i was like oh this is super interesting because they do they post so many yeah. career opportunities yeah. on their story i found them useful yeah and so I just followed them and then, yeah, yeah. They, they reached They're out. It was really super nice. amazing. They're really into, like, promoting young people yeah. and just creating ladders where there aren't any. Into, yeah. like, industry, really hard industries. So it was great talking to yeah. them. Were you nervous when it came to starting your podcast and making it live? I was. It was so weird. I think I doubted myself more than nervousness. It was like... I was going for a period where I was like, okay, like, I don't want to do this job anymore. So I work as a fashion stylist and mainly I'm assisting. And I was like, I don't want to live like this anymore. Like, I'm living paycheck to paycheck. I'm waiting for invoices. I just felt like I wasn't in control of my life. Like, some, I felt like I would always have to wait for someone to be like, oh, hey, like, can you do this job? I just wanted more control. So I remember, like, sitting in my living room and being like, what could I do? Like, what am I interested in? And I had this voice say to me that oh you need to start a money and business podcast and then I put it out on Instagram I was like okay I put on Instagram that I'm gonna start this thing and then I got loads of messages of people being like oh my god that sounds great like let me help you da 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 and I think that finding community and the fact that loads of people have these kind of questions about money and freelancing took away some of the nervousness but what I really did experience big time was the doubt I kept on Mm. thinking like who am I yeah. to be talking about money and business? Like, I don't have a financial certification or anything like that. I don't have a business degree. I come from a fashion design degree and worked in fashion. I just kind of felt like I, like, who is going to listen to me? But mm. actually, I found that loads of, that I'm the perfect voice to listen to for some people. And I'm not going to be the perfect voice for everybody, but that's totally fine. Um, and I still feel a little bit of that doubt. Yeah. I, so I think self-doubt is a very natural thing totally I doubted totally. myself so much before doing mine did you feel nervous before you did yours so nervous I think because as well mine is very personal yeah yeah you share a lot yeah <laughs> and I feel like I doubted myself a lot because I thought people were kind of listen to it and be like oh god yeah. why is she saying this oh yeah. this is a bit I bit much so bit TMI get that but the fact is, I as a human being yeah. enjoy listening to podcasts that are personal mm. like that. So other people will enjoy listening to other podcasts yeah. like that. And just because it's my experience, I mean, hopefully the majority of people that listen to it won't know me in the, in, <laughs> in the future. And so I feel like it's more embarrassing when it's people you know. Yeah, totally. I get that. And so I feel like I'm going to see you one day and you're just going to be sat there next to me, like looking at me, knowing all this information about me, but not talking about it. Yeah, yeah. Just knowing, this quiet knowing. I'd rather rather you be a stranger, but 
I've had a really good response to it. Yeah. Um, no one's thought it was too much information. Yeah. And also, if they did, they probably wouldn't tell you. Like, no. that's the thing. Like, I've been... I'd rather you just cringe while you watch it. And then and just then... silently keep it yeah. to yourself. <laughs> but, when, but when you love it, feel free to shower me yeah. with praise. Yeah. <laughs> that's totally what I want as well. I'm just like... <sighs> yeah. No, I was really nervous. But I did it, and now I love it. Yeah. I love it. It's, you just take a leap of faith, don't you? Yeah. And I you, just... You'll never know if you don't do it. Yeah. What I like about yours is that it is so personal and also that I get to connect with you in a way that I couldn't before. Like, there's stuff that I mm. learned from the podcast about you that I'm like, oh my God, wow. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I feel like it's important to have those kind of spaces where you have... You're just having different conversations, like, not that superficial, like, yeah. oh, look at the weather, it's raining, it's that Yeah. Over. No, you can go into a conversation with me knowing more about... With, more about me yeah and i just feel like it's important for connection like yeah and human yeah. being a human being and i just think it's important not to be ashamed of stuff that happens yeah embarrassing totally. stuff happens to me totally. it's fine <laughs> bad stuff happens to me it's Who's fine everyone yeah i just think you just shouldn't be ashamed about it it yeah, happens totally. shit happens totally yeah how's the response been ah oh, good <laughs> Every time someone asks me about it, I get a little bit nervous then, actually. But yeah, it's been really amazing. Lots of, like, positive feedback. Lots of people feeling like, oh my god, like, I've been through that too. Like, I had... One of my favourite episodes is the No Money, No Me one. It's where I'm talking to my friend Maria about her negotiating her pay at work. And that one, it's one that everyone can relate to because everyone's been in a situation. Oh, I've listened to that one. Yeah. Uh, she Italian? Yeah. Yeah, that was a well, really good Spanish, one. she's Spanish, but she's going to work in Italy. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and so everyone's been in a situation where they're like, a company is approaching them, giving them a number, and they're like, oh, actually, I don't really like that number. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just having that conversation where you're like literally seeing her step by step go through how to negotiate something that she wants, it was like, oh, people are like, oh my god. And also, like, a lot of people, especially in art and design degrees, they don't know that they can negotiate they don't realize that you actually have if someone's coming to work with you and they're saying hey can you do this job with me you don't they don't actually realize that you're bringing so much more to the table than you think yeah there's this air of i think you're taught it it, you well not taught it but you have it kind of pushed down your throat that oh you should just be grateful that someone's offering you a job you should just take it because you don't there are so many people that would take that job in an instant yeah you should be grateful that it's being handed to you but it's it's the worst advice that's so bad it's the worst advice because i feel like that kind of thinking like you can think like that and get far in life don't get me wrong yeah but i feel like that kind of but you could get so much more in life i know if you didn't think like yeah and it's like you're coming from a place of lack and scarcity and you're basically it's basically the belief that you need to take every crumb that comes your way because you don't know when you're going to get better but you could also on the flip side just be like hey like i'm bringing a lot to the table maybe this job isn't the right one for me but i know more will come because i'm just better than that and Mm. that's the kind of confidence that i'm trying to share and through the people that i have on my podcast they share that knowledge they're like hey no like I want more. Yeah. And they always get more. But if you settle for, like, a low rate or, like, a job that you don't really like, then that's all you'll ever get. You won't have time to do the really good jobs that pay well. Yeah. No, I, in the past, have always been the person that listened to what the lecturers are kind of telling me about that and was always scared to ask for more. Yeah. But I'm listening to you every week, Cara. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'll give them more. 
I'm not taking any less than I deserve. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the girl yeah, that I met for a coffee this morning. She just graduated uni. And she's like, been working in styling for six months. And I was like, oh, are you getting paid? She was like, no. I don't really know if I can get paid because of my experience and like all this kind of stuff. And in art and design, there's a lot of talk that you kind of should be interning or working for free for some period of time mm. before you get paid. Which is bollocks. But I, yeah, I so agree. Like, I kind of just said to her, like, but do you want to be paid for your work? And she was like, yeah, I'd love to. So then just start charging. If people can't pay you, then they're not the right person for you. Most of the time as well, you're working for free for the richest companies. Oh my god, yes. Mate, you can yes. perfectly pay me. You could easily pay me £100,000 a year right I now know, to yes. do this. <laughs> so it's I so don't true. get why you're sitting on your money. Yeah. Give me some. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just knowing, like, because she told me that one of the stylists that she works for, their rate is something like £120 a day. And I said to her, do you know, like... I don't know a stylist that would work for that money. Like, it's so low. That's lower than my daily rate. But it's also just knowing. It's having those people to, like, refer to. Like, obviously, she has had nothing to refer to. Only this person who gets paid £120 a day. Mm. But knowing that there are other people who are making much more than you... Yeah. It, like, changes your mindset. You're like, oh, I can do that too. I think as well, if you go in there with an air of confidence and charge them more i think that shows them that one you believe in yourself thus they should believe in you mm. and i mean that's it really that's that was that that was my point that was my point i just think but it gives so them right. more reason to stop and think oh okay you're so right yeah. maybe this girl's the shit like yeah. maybe we should be paying her more yeah. if she, she's thinks she's that good yeah and if you know if they find out you're not that good then well. Fuck it, you've got the money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also, it's just, if you're freelance, there is no one who's going to give you a raise. There is no, like, oh, no. like you've done Only you can job. give yourself a raise. Exactly. And you decide, like, when mm. that happens, whether it's your first day or, like, you're three years in, like, you decide, like, how fast you want that mm. to kind of go. So on the subject of freelance, <laughs> this is why I have you here. Yes. What is it that inspired you to go freelance? well <laughs> I've never actually really had like a job where I've been lurking, working for like a long period of time in an office I've done like yeah. a few like nine to five stints and I hated them every time and I would leave and be like oh I'm never doing that again in when I left university I interned for free in fashion design and I was working with a few companies and then I worked yeah intense and then I worked um two days like styling so I would like intern like unpaid three days and then the two other days I would be like working for brands and stuff and so I've always kind of be freelance so when I stopped interning I then I then freelanced a lot more like full-time but mm. basically the end of that story <laughs> is that I just kind of decided that having more control over my life was better and I wasn't yeah. getting that in the nine-to-five jobs that I had done yeah so I worked in buying for a short period I worked in a charity for a short period and I hated them equally. Like, it was nice getting, like, a set amount of money, like, every yeah. month. Up, but that was literally the only reason why I was there. What were you doing at a charity? So my aunt runs a charity, and I basically was just doing admin stuff for her. Oh. And it was so... I liked working with the people, but of... I just can't be sitting at a desk, yeah. sitting at a computer that many hours in a day. So it sucked. And then I just realised that, oh, like, maybe this is part of who I am. Like, there's a lot of, like, moments where I've been, like 
oh, like, I don't fit into that way that they do things. Like, I originally, I wanted to work in design, but I don't fit in environments where exhaustion is really valued and prioritised, where things like your self-care are, like, secondary to the job or secondary mm. to the work. I just don't work very well in those kind of environments. No, me neither. So I guess freelance gave me the gave me the power to, like, kind of choose, like, dip in and out. What are the biggest struggles you face as a freelancer? The biggest struggles I face are having the information for rates and jobs. Money can be like a very awkward thing to talk about, especially if you're going and trying to talk to someone that you work for. You want to know like how much their rate is so you can know how much you get paid. Yeah. Um, Having that information has been one of the biggest struggles. And the thing is that once you ask someone and once they're open and they're like, oh yeah, like I got charged, I charge for this. You should probably charge for that. Like the conversation gets rolling and like once you do it, it's so easy to do it again. It's just that first step. But I think most of the struggles I've had as a freelancer have come from inside. So things like, you could just charge whatever number you wanted to, but I might be scared to say a high rate because I feel like that person is going to leave or not charge me. Yeah. Have you ever had that? That I charge a rate and they're like, oh no, sorry. Yes, I have. (sighs) Okay. I did that. And then the person came back and said, oh no, I can only charge this. It was like... £50 less than my original rate. That's a lot. Yeah, so over the course of the job, it was like maybe like £150 like less than I would have normally charged. And I said yes to it. And mm. it was the biggest slap in the face from the universe because it was the worst job I've ever done. The thing is, is that I feel like when people are undercharging or when you undercharge yourself, you just allow, you just open the door for all sorts of like mayhem to happen. Mm. Like there's no respect for boundaries. There's no sort of... That you're not coming on that equal playing field. No. You're just kind of coming on... Like, they have... Or, in my experience, this person had, like, an air of... Like, oh, like, you're getting paid anyway. Like, you should kind of be grateful that I'm even paying you anyway, sort of thing. So, the job... It was just a horrible, horrible job. And I would never, ever, ever do that again. And recommend anyone else to do that again. Because it's just... It's more than the money. It's about the way that you're treated over that job. Like, are you treated like a professional? Or are you just treated like... I don't know. Mm. Because I feel like, as well... Once they know that you've pitched higher and you've taken a lot less from them for yourself, they might then see you as, oh, well... Yeah, you'll you'll do it anyway. Yeah, she clearly is easily swayed. Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. Bit of a pushover. Yeah, and then it's just just a whole game of they're trying to see, like, how much more they can push. Like, how longer... How much longer can they get you to work in a day? Like... yeah. Also, me doing that job, say agreeing to that, I've agreed to all of that. Like, do you know, it's yeah. not them in the wrong. It's I've allowed that for that to happen. Yeah. Um, but I think it was an important lesson because I just realised how important it is. It's to me, like, it's more than the money. It's just about coming to the table on equal levels. And when mm. you do that, like, you don't get to come on an equal level to the person offering. Yeah. Do you have to chase a lot of invoices up? Yes. Yeah. Nearly every single invoice. I feel like half of freelancing is just sat there chasing people up no (laughs) it sucks because it takes up so much time yeah and there's bigger things in the world that I want to do than chasing invoices and instead I'm spending that time chasing but um, I just think is it not easier just to pay the person and be done with it you'd think you would think but it is so much easier but it's I don't actually people just want to people People are shady. I know. And they just want to 
get away with not paying someone for as long as possible. Sometimes I feel like it's not a personal thing. Like, I don't feel like people have ever, like, withheld money on purpose. Mm. But I do feel like the industry standard in terms of styling is a lot slower. Like, you're expected to not be paid for a job three months and be fine. But that, I think, is because it's the way that fashion has always kind of done things and no one's, like, changed it. Do you know what I mean? Fashion as an industry is still very, very, very far behind. I know. It and likes like, to be innovative, or at least pretend pretend it's innovative. Yeah. But it's really, it, it's still quite a fucked up industry, a very fucked yeah. up industry. Yeah, and I um yeah I had a, I watched a documentary about them making fast fashion. Yeah, and I really care about the environment. Mm. Um, and I had this moment where I was like, oh my god, what the fuck am I doing? Like, yeah. ah, like I don't yeah. want anything to do with it. Um, and I guess I'm slowly transitioning out of it yeah. to do something that I'm really passionate yeah. about. But um, No, I cut the fashion like a, industry out. Yeah, it's like a double mind. Like, in a way, like, I don't like what you're doing, but in a way, I'm kind of getting paid by you, yeah. so I'm still here. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you find surviving in London as a freelancer? Wow. I kind of... I like it a lot because I feel like there's a lot of people who freelance and so there's a mm. lot of opportunity and there's a lot of people to ask like who your rate is when you can eventually have that conversation yeah um I find it difficult because London is so expensive so if you're like waiting on an invoice and you need to go into Pratt to get a sandwich like it's just it's just not cute and fashionable like at all like that's my main thing and I have a bike and I'm like oh yeah no worries like I'll just cycle if I'm broke but everything is so far away that I'm just like but other than that, I think it's quite... It's one an amazing city to be freelancing yeah. because there are so many opportunities yeah. and so many different things that you can do. I think it's interesting as well because a lot of freelancers in the past, I feel like, have been older. Mm. So people tended to go freelance once they'd worked in industry for 20, 30 years, had built up a client base, yeah. had saved loads of money, bought a house were secure and so by going freelance they were kind of guaranteed work because they had a loyal client base. I see what you mean. But now like so many 20 year olds, well not 20 year olds, people in their 20s are going freelance. Everyone's going freelance younger and younger because the world's fucked and we all it's all we we don't want to waste our time in an office if we have creative passions, we want to go and do that. We don't want to work for the machine, a lot of people. But obviously, when you're doing it younger, you don't have the kind of stability that's been built over 20 or 30 years that people used to have. It's interesting. I feel like I have two points to say to that. So I feel like, one, we're choosing to do it younger and younger because we're the generation that is, like, questioning everything. Yeah. Like, questioning, like... We're trying to change the world. Yeah, questioning, like... Um, climate change yeah. and like all that kind of stuff and we're also questioning the way that we work so I feel like us being freelance and like exploring imaginative ways to get paid is mm. what is one way that we're questioning it and we're kind of saying no like this you've done it always done it this way but I'm kind of gonna go this way but another thing the second point that I had about what you're saying about having you know the built-up client base client base I was listening to a podcast the other day and he described it the the word the term that is used to describe that is called exit velocity mm-hmm. and it's basically how how much you can leverage in order to make sure that your exit from your job is successful so there's like a couple of points so like you need capital to do it contacts 
come from like watch for like a good brand like maybe you're leaving like uber or airbnb or something like that and all the things that you can kind of leverage so when you leave is the amount of your exit velocity so you kind of want to stack it up like and have as many things in your favor as possible to ensure that you're super successful when you do decide to leave your job and go freelance the thing with that is, is that obviously when you're in your 20s, like you don't have much of that. Yeah. But I feel like it would be a shame to feel like that, oh, you've only worked in the industry for one year, so you can't go freelance. There is so much power that you have if you're alive and breathing. That's kind of my thinking. Okay. And so there's so many things that you can leverage. You just kind of have to be really creative about the way that you're leveraging them. Like, for example, my whole podcast is about me working in fashion design, but also wanted to talk about money and business. Like I'm leveraging, I'm not, I didn't approach that being like, oh, like I have to be like the Financial Times or The Economist. I'm approaching it as someone who has had this experience and this is my perspective. So I feel like it's just kind of looking at, oh, he said this amazing phrase that I can't remember. It's like how many, like how much, how many unfair advantages do you have? that you can leverage so that everything kind of works in your favour. I don't know, do you get that? I know, I understand. Every man for himself. (laughs) Kind of, yeah. But also, like, just being really creative. Like, I feel like if you listen to the narrative of, like, oh, like, you don't have enough experience or you don't have enough clients, like, okay, so what then? Nothing. If you don't have enough clients, like, go and meet people. Like, speak to people in coffee shops. Like, I just feel like... If you're young and you're just starting, you have all of this energy that and all of this freedom. You're not tied to a house. You're not tied to any children. Like mm. there's still so much things in your favor to yeah. make freelance a viable option for you. It's something I don't know what I'll do. Yeah. But so I'm applying for nine to five jobs at the moment just yeah. to get myself out of hospitality. Yeah. First and foremost, that's what I need to do with my life. Just get out. Yeah, <laughs> get out of bar work. But I'm doing it with a thought of okay, I working a nine-to-five for a year or however long it takes me to just feel a bit more stable save some money work on things on the side and build them up to a point where hopefully what I what I aim is that between the age of like 25 and 30 I'll be able to work for myself yeah go freelance and yeah yeah I just want to work for myself by the age of 30 yeah I give myself a lot of time yeah (laughs) because I don't why do you feel like that time is important? Because I'm someone that gets very stressed. Okay. If, <laughs> so if I make a plan and the time scale is very short, I, it just stresses me out because mm. I'm just used to things not going to plan and not being achieved. Interesting. So I like to give myself more time, but that doesn't make me... I've, I've found it doesn't make me be like, okay, well, I can, you know, if I've got until I'm 30, I, I can just kind of be slow. It... It just momentum. gives me, yeah, I feel like it actually gives me more momentum. Okay. Because I I know that I can take more care yeah. with it. Yeah. I'm not doing kind of like a rushed, haphazard job of whatever yeah. it is I'm doing. Yeah. I can take more care in order for the results to be better. and That's interesting. More quality. I think, yeah, that's interesting. I do feel, I hear totally yeah. your perspective. I think for me, I like this term called messy action, where it's okay. just about like looking at the tools and the materials that you have and the experience and where, wherever you are in your life and being like, okay, like this is the next thing I'm going to do, even if it might not be perfect. Yeah, I should like, be more just like that. doing stuff. Yeah. I think 
because then you learn so much in the actual doing of it. Yeah. And I was saying to someone today how in art and design, we can kind of be sometimes a bit passive with the way that we work. So me being yeah. a freelancer, when I started sty- assisting and styling, I always like waited for someone to like hire me, if that makes sense. But actually, yeah. like you can get more money, like the only way you get m- through more money is through selling. So then I was saying like, the more I sell and the more offers I make, the more money you get. So I feel like it's kind of like, I wonder if the time will be the thing that gives you the more, cli- more I guess, confidence or to... I, I think I feel like it do makes you know me I mean? do stuff better. Yeah. But I find that if I give myself more time, I get it achieved quicker. Okay. I find. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know why. Okay. Because I was, I think the point I was going to say is that if you, is it the time that you need or is it just the momentum to make offers? Because, for example, (laughs) if, say, I know you were talking about script writing before Mm -hmm. the show, and say, like, you approach, like, ten people, Mm -hmm. and they said, they all said no, and the 11th person said, oh, yeah, I'll pay you £500 for this. Is it just the fact that you've got through the people to make offers, or is it the actual, the fact that you need more confidence to get there? Probably the confidence. Okay. I think that's just something I lack. Okay. I feel like that just comes with time. And, and doing more yeah totally and taking messy action yeah because for instance if this you got podcast to 11... has been messy action all over <laughs> the whole time just all like, over yeah. it was me i in the summer i was like don't know what i'm doing with my life yeah i'm so unhappy i i need to i need to do something yeah. and i was like i'll just start a podcast about it yeah and a month down the line i did it that's amazing i, I went live and it's messy yeah it's getting but it's getting it so it's great? getting tidier each yeah, episode yeah. but it's been i think it's been the best one of the best things i've done this year oh my god and it's been messy like i just feel like you should approach more i need to like be that. more messy yeah if this has been the best thing you've ever done like 100 percent, yeah and that's the thing like there's i just feel like perfection is such a myth and it's not something i'm subscribing to because i used to be like massive perfectionist like I wouldn't Mm. be able to let anything go unless it was perfect but what that meant was that I never let anything go because it was never ever perfect yeah and now I'm just kind of having so much more like fun with it I'm just like oh my god like we were saying about the script writing um I remember when I said that I read it in a group of people who are professionals and I had just written this thing on my laptop like in my lunch breaks and stuff and by no means was it something that was perfect but the feedback I got there was something I would never have had if I hadn't taken that action yeah and it's just like how long are we going to sit on amazing ideas and sit on amazing stuff waiting for it to be perfect when we could just take the action and find the answer we need if it's not perfect you need to find someone who can help you do that you can't find it if you're sitting if it's sitting on your laptop see this is why you guys should listen to Kyra's podcast <laughs> because, like, three minutes ago, I was like, ooh, I need to give myself loads of time to achieve my goals. But now I'm sat here like, no. <laughs> no, messy action. I need to do it, literally. Every episode of yours, I come away, I'm like, can you get my life in order? <laughs> literally, your episode this morning about the help to buy ISA, I was cracking up because I literally opened a help to buy last no week. Way! Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I needed a new so my savings account that I had, <laughs> it's one that's been discontinued yeah. at Nationwide and okay. 
So you were I had need. I had zero point one percent interest on it. Yeah. I was like, I need to get some new savings accounts. Yeah. And so the plan I have is to help to buy and then another one. Yeah. Cause the help to buy, I'm saying two point five percent interest. <laughs> it's worth it. But oh my god, I sat in that meeting at the bank and I I it was so intimidating to me. Oh, really? Because anything about finance, banking, I just don't feel like I know. Mm-hmm much about which is the whole reason your podcast is so great yeah because i feel as young people i find especially as young women Mm. finance is very intimidating it's not something we're here really grown up being taught about yeah because how many like icons do you know that are like really savvy with money and they're female no not not many at all like you think of when you think of people who are like really good with money you think of richard branson or something like that like a serial entrepreneur like yeah and when you think oh who are all the bankers oh it's just those are men yeah i think that that needs to change because another thing that i struggled with at the beginning of my podcast i had doubt coming literally everywhere it was like, oh, like maybe I won't be cool. I won't be interesting if I'm talking about money. And it's, isn't it so sad that money is something that's vital to it, our It's existence. seen as this kind of stodgy, boring thing. It's seen as something that's kept in the cupboard, exactly. Yeah. And it's just kind of like... No, like maybe I can make it something. Maybe I'm going to talk to all my friends who I think are cool. Yeah. And we're going to talk about money and it's going to be something that's not that. Yeah. But I just feel like that's really like a lot of the cultural narratives that money is something that's really boring but for example like take Halifax my bank they literally could not make my my experience with them any more boring or any more painful like oh, I really yeah I do I actually have two banks I have bank with Halifax and Starling and I fucking love Starling Halifax the only reason why I'm with them is because I still have an overdraft with them oh yeah, right just, yeah but, like, the, the debt has you in chains <laughs> It's like a relationship that I can't get out of. Um, but they cannot make their experience more out of touch and more boring. Yeah. Like, that's why I like things like Starling and Monzo yeah. because it's like, it's just so fun. I just love that bank so much. I love my Monzo. It's such uh, a such a bright, colourful yeah, card. Yeah, I know. I yeah. love it so much. No, I sat in my Nationwide appointment. Nationwide aren't intimidating at yeah. all. They're super nice. I was intimidated in, my, in myself. Okay. Like, I just let myself be intimidated by the words he was saying about money and everything. And I kept zoning out and I was just like, God. And I was reading the screen, just reading all this stuff about the savings accounts. Yeah. And I was like, this stuff just stresses me yeah, out. Yeah. But, you know, I got a good deal. It was fine. Okay, good. But something important he told me. What? My little, my little finance <laughs> advice here. Okay, you're going to get a gem is that here now. Every year you should have a savings review or review your savings plans Mm -hmm. at your bank because a lot can change. Interest can go up and down and different things. He just said, because I I had had an account for like 10 years with 0.1% interest. He was just like, every year you should review your savings plan and see if there's a better one for you now. And I was like, that's very smart. Yeah, totally. It's very smart. That's a very good thing to do it's you know it's your money at the end of the day and you should always regularly check up on whether you're being smart with it whether you've got the best way of keeping it yeah this is something that i was talking about on my instagram stories because i love going on them and (laughs) chatting um and i was talking about like how the we put so much importance on our working income so like the amount that you work and you get paid for 
and actually we lose out on so much power that there is on having your money work for you. So as you're saying about the interest, if we're not like focusing, if we're not like paying attention to things like that, then our money is literally like, we're working for every single penny that we mm. earn. And my financial journey, like one of my goals is that I really want to be an active investor and I want to participate in the market more than I'm doing. Like I have a pension, that's an investing, but I want to like, you know, I want to be like a real investor. And so I'm really interested in this idea of people People like having money working for it but then also having like it grow without them doing anything more and yeah exploring that which I think is really important so yeah. a yearly review it sounds amazing and I'll definitely start doing yeah. that I just he said it and I was like that's actually really smart yeah I don't know if enough young people do it no, that's I... something my dad would do yeah yeah because my dad's super super savvy and super good with his money oh my gosh so good with his money i i I don't know how he does it i don't know i really don't pick his brains enough because Mm. again every time he starts talking about money (laughs) i get really intimidated and just confused and it just doesn't stay in my brain what is the thought that you have when someone talks to you about money but literally that (laughs) like i'm just i don't know i think it it sets me on a spiral of oh i literally earn no money i'm so poor i i'm never gonna have any money and that's what i focus on and then my dad is trying to like help me with with money making ideas and you know this is what you should do to make your money grow for you and go further stretch further and i'm just there like i don't know what's going on oh my god but yeah i do think it's probably that thought that makes you feel like the thing is that you're not earning enough money to manage it yeah um i was reading this amazing book it's it's called the millionaire mind (laughs) secrets of the millionaire mind i feel like it's a really cringy title but um he was saying how like if you can't manage like 20 pounds or like one pound, then you're not going to be able to manage 20,000 or 20 million. Yeah. And why I like that is because there's a story in there where he has basically has this like money management system and this woman is bankrupt and she's like, okay, well, I only have a dollar. It's American. Like I only have a dollar to manage. And so she splits that dollar into like her savings. She puts like 10p into like a savings account, 10p into like another account. And then like every month, like she gets like a nut, she doubles it. So the second month she had $2. And I feel like even if you feel like you have no money doing that, like being like, okay, I'm going to save one pound this week. It's Mm -hmm. like learning the habit of having savings and not spending it. Because if you're in the habit of having money and spending it, that's a habit. Like, that's what you're choosing. Having savings is great. I think last year was the first year out of uni. Yeah. I properly saved. Yeah. Because I always, you know, I don't don't earn loads of money doing what I do. Yeah. And it is hard to save. But I just started having the mindset of, do you know what? I was saving for a holiday. Mm. And I just thought, if I just save 50 pounds a month it's worth it's worth it and I just found as I started saving and had them had the goal in mind of what I was saving for it came easy more money was just coming that I could save I I don't know how I don't know why like I just I saved way more money than I than I originally thought I would and I had I was able to have you know two weeks in New York where I was living (laughs) way beyond my means (laughs) 
But it was so great as well because all the money I had for New York yeah. was on top of what I earn. Okay. So as in, as in, I didn't have to spend any of my paycheck that month. Oh, amazing! It was it was all money I had saved. Okay, so that is an excellent place to be. So then I got back from New York and I got holiday pay. So I was doing really well financially. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've been back for a month and okay. I'm not doing so great financially because. Basically, I'm I'm actually generally good with my money, but then I'll have like an impulsive week <laughs> where I'm like, oh, I don't know, all my all my spending needs hit at once. Yeah, totally. And so I'll then just suddenly have no money, yeah. and it's just like, uh. Yeah. But then I build myself up again. But more of that long-winded story was saving is good and it makes you feel good. It makes me feel really. Good. My dad gave me some really good advice actually. He said just start saving so that you can survive one month without being paid okay so you know save that's excellent advice for a freelancer actually yeah Um, or or even if it's not like a whole month's wage save your rent for one month yeah and then once you've got money to survive one month then try save so you can survive two months and just do it month by month Mm. and i think that's such good advice that is excellent advice yeah I... So, my dad's so good with money. Yeah, I mean, I, I really need to. Need to... <laughs> you know, I mean, I really should talk to him. <laughs> like that sounds yeah. excellent. I yeah, I am like building my savings up because during the I was saving really well, and then I bought. I basically hired a business coach for a month, and that really drained all my cellular things. And I remember feeling so sad, and it's kind of sad because the course that I bought, it, she's like, oh, like you know, train with me, and you're like, um. I'll show you how to get your earnings up to £5,000 a month. And I was like, cool, great. Like, that did not happen. Um, but I did learn loads. So I actually don't mind spending my savings if it's for something like education mm-hmm. or, like, yeah. business-related yeah. expense. Yeah. Um, if I'm spending my money on work or some or a project I'm passionate about, yeah. fine. Yeah. If it's on education, perfect. I try to use my savings for, yeah, like, important things to me. Totally. I did just buy a new phone, but... <laughs> I mean important. It, it's, for me, when I think about it, I'm like, that's actually very important for everything yeah. I need to do for my podcast and everything. Like, yeah. I need a working phone. <laughs> basic. Yeah. Basic, yeah. Like, I need a hard drive. My laptop is so desperate. Like... I need a hard drive as well, because I'm really worried this thing is going to blow any day now. This is And I life. will literally <laughs> lose everything. Yeah. I really... I've had it for five years. Why have I not got a hard drive? I know! Why haven't I got one? Like, it's crazy. It's one of those things you just don't think about. I know. Or I, think or I don't it. think about. Every time an error message pops up on yeah. my laptop, I'm like, fucking it. Yeah, every time it. my laptop freezes, I'm like, no. <laughs> no, don't be the day. <laughs> I need to save all my podcasts. <laughs> I know. Oh my God, okay. I think I just convinced myself to buy one now. Yeah, <laughs> like... I really... Well, my my friend's laptop gave up, gave up living really? last week. And oh. she was just like, not happy about it. And I just sat there thinking, okay, this can't be me yeah i don't want this to be me and she has a hard drive oh my god <laughs> but she hadn't backed it up that week she backs it up like every week yeah very smart because she's a creative person as well yeah. so it's got all her portfolio and everything on and she hadn't backed it up that week and that week she'd been working on her new portfolio and her cv and everything she was just like i lost half my portfolio <laughs> that's so annoying fuck and it, it was just one day it just decided to just 
no, not work. That's not funny. Yeah. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I know. Friend, I know. Like... My heart went out to her. She'd had a very bad, very bad few weeks. Oh God. It's one. It's one of those, you know, bad things come in threes. It was one of those ones, and that was just the third thing. Yeah. And it was the straw that just breaks the camel's back. It was just like, why? I'm sending her lots of love and good energy right now. So much love. She knows who she is. (laughs) So. (laughs) Gonna start rounding this off. Okay. First off, I just want to know, what's next for Kyra? Ah! I love this question. Okay, so, I am... Oh my god, I don't even know how to say this. I don't want to say exactly what it is, but basically I... I'm starting an actual business. Ooh, this is exciting. Yes. And it's basically going to just be all of my values. So I've been really thinking about, like, what do I love? Like, what can I do? Like, what's something that I really enjoy doing that other people don't like doing? And I'm going to start something that's really focusing on community, connection, Mm -hmm. introducing people to other people. And... Yeah, that's basically what the heart of the business is going to do. It's going to be about money and mm-hmm. providing creatives <clears throat> with the financial tools to sell and to make a living through their work. And yeah, I'm at the very, very early stages of that. Yeah. It's amazing because I just feel so like I have a star. Like I know like where I'm kind of going and that's yeah. where I'm heading to. So that's next. That's so exciting. Yeah, thanks. That's so exciting. <laughs> Thanks. I haven't spoken about that very openly, so you've got a you got here first. Got an exclusive. Yeah, literally. <laughs> a Kyra exclusive here. Yeah. <laughs> That's so exciting. Who are your career inspirations? Oh my god. <laughs> okay, sorry, Beyonce, number one. Woo! Fucking queen. You know she did a performance at Uber, like when Uber was starting they asked her to perform at their company, at the party they were doing. She said her rate is six million pounds. She said, instead of getting paid the money I want it in shares, that six million turned into 150 million. I'm so sorry. Is there a bigger queen? I don't Is that so. when Uber just started that she yeah, did that? Yeah. Girls, she kept the genius. shares. Genius! What the fuck? I, she must have known as well because there wasn't a company yeah. doing that before and Uber. Also, I feel like she must have had like her like accountant must have been really like, oh yeah, like, yeah. let's do this. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I feel like someone would just <laughs> let Beyonce... Give her the heads up. Like, yeah. Um, and I'm like, oh my God, I can't wait till Uber asks me to do something. I'll do the same. I know. So her, I listened to this life coach because I'm really interested in coaching and the mind and personal development i listened to this coach called brooke costello she has this amazing podcast it's called life coach school and i listen to her every fucking week everything she says is like truth it's like the way that people might refer to like a bible is how i refer to her work i am fanatic and i believe in her and what she does so much so she's basically a woman who she worked in corporate and now is like a life coach. She earns like millions of millions of pounds each year and she loves telling her listeners how much she earns and I love I think it. more women should be like that. So much more confident about talking about how much they earn. Totally. You know, you get so many men who are so they have a lot of bravado around yeah. it. They're like, yeah, I'm this rich, I earn this much, la la la. Yeah. But with women, it's kind of like, if they talk about their money, it's not in good taste. I know. That's... If and men oh. get celebrated for talking about how rich they are and how much they earn yeah. and how well they're doing, but for a woman to do it, it's like... Mm. 
it, yeah. Calm down, dear. Yeah, exactly. And I just embrace anyone who's like, hey, like, I made, like, £10,000 this month. Or, yeah. like, a million pounds last year. I just think... Because literally... Do more. Do more. The worst it's going to do is roll some eyes. I know. And also, The best it's going to do is inspire more women to... Oh, my God, yes. And that's the thing. It. Like, you need to, like... I needed her to earn as much money as she earns to inspire me and to let me know that it's possible for me. Like... And also, like, if you're not talking about money, you are creating shame in yourself. Like, if you're earning a lot of money and you don't tell other people, there's some shame there. And it's just, like, I've been reading this amazing book called Becoming Supernatural by Joe Dispenza. And he's basically, like... The titles of these books. Oh, my God, I know. I know. (laughs) Um... I'm very woo-woo and Secrets of a millionaire mind. Like, literally. Becoming supernatural. <laughs> My book this week this week is, like, The Broken the broke Millennial Takes on Investing. And she writes about money in That's such That's something a, I need to read. You need to read it. But she writes about money in an, such an unmagical, matter-of-fact way where I'm like, yeah, I need a bit more inspiration in this. But um, what I was going to say about his book is that He's like, any feeling that you have around money is will determine whether you're going to be really wealthy or not. So if you have shame or guilt for having money, if you feel desperate about it, like that feeling that is gonna, basically going to determine that you're not going to have enough money. If you're super happy and super grateful and super Lord excited... attraction, guys. Exactly! One of my favourite stories that really stuck with me, yeah. I was watching Jim Carrey. Yeah. Oh on, my God, was it on I love Oprah, this story. Yeah. Where... He was a struggling actor and he like saw a billboard or something and he was just like, I'm going to be on that one day yeah. and I'm going to earn loads of money. And yeah. so what he did was he wrote a check to himself for $25 million yeah, or something, something. Yeah. and he kept it in and he, and he wrote on it the date that he would get that $25 million and it was Thanksgiving, so whatever, whatever year. And he kept it in his wallet every day for up until that day and then that Thanksgiving rolled around and he got the phone call that he got the part for Dumb and Dumber and they're paying him 25 million. Incredible. Incredible. Do you have a cheque written? I have two cheques in my wallet. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Has the date come? One of them's coming very soon and I was was, was very, very ambitious. (laughs) I was like very ambitious. So if it comes true, I'm going to... I was... Super, super, super ambitious with these. <laughs> like, like, I wrote, I, I, I think of them now and I'm like, okay, if I earn this, I, okay, okay. I'm leaving London, I'm leaving this Yeah. Time. I'm going, by. But they're in my purse, they've been in there for like a year. Oh my God, that's amazing. I have one. I, I literally, as soon as the video ended, I got my check to go. And you're like, yes. If you got 25 million, I'm gonna get one. Yeah. I have one and I just, um, I think I did it wrong because I did the date for like that day, the day that I wrote it. Oh. <laughs> and I didn't. I, That's yeah. a very quick turnaround. I know, I'm gonna have to do it again. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's why it isn't working. Okay, yeah. I, I That story always stuck with me. Uh, it's a great story. I mean, yeah. Jim Carrey is actually full of a lot of pearls of wisdom, you oh, know. Really? Yeah. That's the only thing I've heard from him, really. There was, I read a quote from him the other day. I don't remember what it was. Um, oh, it was something like, depression is real, mm. but if you don't eat well, exercise, socialise, blah, 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 you're not giving yourself a chance. 
100% Yeah, free. yeah, it was something like that. Yeah. And I read it, I was like, that's actually very smart. I mean... Not smart, but... It's so true, It's yeah. so true. It's, ugh. When I think about the times when I was most depressed, I was definitely in my room alone, like, eating shit, drinking lots of alcohol, and oh, just yeah. not being a yeah. rounded human at all. Yeah, it's... When you're depressed, it's so, it's so easy to make yourself so much worse. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. So... I asked you to think about these questions. Yeah. And I did think about them. Yeah? <laughs> so, our quick fire round. What is the best part of your 20s so far, worst part of your 20s so far, and the biggest lesson you've learned? Oh, so juicy. The best part of my 20s, I'm sorry, I'm just going to be myself and get really woo-woo. The best part of my 20s is, like, literally this moment right now, because <laughs> I feel so... You hear that, guys? <laughs> <laughs> this moment right here with me. Yes! I, Best part of her 20s so far. Best part of her 20s. <laughs> uh, just because I feel like I know the most that I've ever known. And yeah. I'm the furthest that I've ever been. And I'm just, like, really embracing this, like, there's so much power in the now. Like, mm-hmm. there's, I, do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like, oh, there's so much things I can do today. I yeah. feel so magical and just so yeah. full of love and full of more love and compassion than I've ever been. Um, but that kind of ties into the rest of my that might answer for everything else because the second question was what the worst part or the biggest struggle the biggest struggle i've had in my 20s kind of started before in my 20s so when i was 13 years old i was assaulted by somebody that i didn't know and that story or the story that i told about the assault followed me through into my 20s so when i went to university i kind of was like okay like i'm a new person like i'm not going to think about it at all mm. but actually the fact that i never spoke about it and i never dealt with it it meant that that situation became the thing that drove me through everything it became yeah. the thing like i learned some horrible things and i used that in all of my relationships and all of my um like everything i did so the worst part is about was coming to terms with that and facing what happened to me as a child and like really just like I guess breaking myself down in order to build myself back up. Okay. That's why this moment feels like the best moment because I can look back on all the crying and all the talking about it I did and I'm like oh my god like you poor girl but all of that stuff has made you who you are today yeah, look and it's at given me now. you so much power like thank you for going through all those really uncomfortable talks and things that you did so i'm just like there's so much gratitude and the biggest lesson learned the biggest lesson learned i think was the fact that yeah if anything that i'm hiding or running from those things are basically going to be the driving forces in everything and also that i need to learn to bring those things into my story, like, and just love them, and just know that who I am is perfectly okay. Like, I always felt embarrassed about what happened to me, I always felt so ashamed, but actually now I'm just of this thinking, I'm at a point where I just have so much compassion for a 13-year-old girl who could get herself into that situation. I have so much compassion for my family who had never really dealt with rape or anything like that and were having to deal with this. Yeah. And... I have a lot of compassion for the people who I felt did harmed me after that happened. And so my biggest lesson is literally that all of these things that have happened to me in my life have given me this power. So now when bad things do happen, not on that scale of magnitude at all, I'm like, what is this teaching me? Like, what 
do I have to learn? Like, how can I help others get through difficult things by this happening to me? Yeah. So, yeah, that's my biggest lesson. I think that's incredible. (laughs) And I think you are a perfect example that that is life after... Yeah, after such a horrific thing like that and it's so weird because for so long I didn't think there was like when I was 13 I remember thinking okay like when I'm 18 like I'm just gonna kill myself like because this is horrible like and I remember thinking that there was no way that I would get to the age 24 so sometimes I'm like fuck like I'm gonna be 25 next year and I'm like I'm like just in awe that I've survived and there's so much more life left in me and it's crazy because now that has become part of my mission because now I'm like every time I hear someone say something limiting about themselves like we were talking about like oh like someone who might say they don't have enough experience I'm like are you crazy you don't know how fucking magical you are like you are alive like Mm. if there's something you want to do you have to do that today because you don't know what can happen Mm. I think it's so beautiful as well to so many people are afraid of getting older. Yeah. In the year, every coming year. Yeah. But I think it's so nice to thought that every every new age is such a great thing. Yeah. Like, I'm still here. Yeah, I'm, exactly. You know, okay, yeah, I'm turning 25. I'm turning 25. Yeah, like, I I'm gonna, I'm going to be 25. I'm still here and I get to live this. Yeah. And I think... I think it's so easy to get caught up in, oh, God. I'm old. I mean, there's, I know this podcast is a lot about, like, <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, dear, oh, dear. But I think it's so amazing when people aren't afraid of yeah. being this age and yeah. aren't afraid of, I feel like so many people are afraid of the age 30. Yeah, I know. And I just think, like, you give away so much power, fuck. Like, I was at this thing over the weekend and this guy was saying that there's 8 billion people on the earth and every 8 seconds somebody dies. Mm-hmm. So the, the amount we've been talking, about like 25 people have died. That's Sorry, so I can't weird. do the maths. But like, so do you know how much magic and power and oh, how much life is in you if you're still one of the lucky people that's still alive? Like how much yeah. time are you going to spend of your life like hating your age? hating your weight hating your job hating the people that you live with like oh like every eight seconds is just so valuable you can't spend it like hating yourself and that is a beautiful message to end this on (laughs) love every eight seconds guys yeah cherish every eight seconds love your age oh my god i'm gonna trademark that because that's actually really good yeah no that was so good (laughs) even though it wasn't mine sorry but yeah I want to thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. It's been so great to have you. It's been the most amazing time. I'm sure. Literally, I'm like, ah. I've loved it. I'm sure it won't be the last. I'm sure I'll nag you again to come on again. Yeah. This has been such a great chat. It's been so fun. Yeah. (laughs) I'm so bad at ending these. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I'm really bad. I find them really hard to end. I usually just be like, because it's hard to. (laughs) I know. I I feel like I'm just going to suddenly cut it off. Yeah. And I feel a bit abrasive and rude. But on on that note, this has been the Quarter Life Crisis podcast with your host, Jenny Klein, and my amazing guest for this week, Kyra. Kyra. Tune in next week, guys, for more of this amazingness juicy juicy goodness 
and I just want to say if you want to get in touch because I love talking to people oh yeah you can find me at Kyrie the Bold on Instagram and you can find my podcast Bold Brilliant and Broke on Spotify and iTunes that was literally the one just thing I had plug. to <laughs> that was that was the one thing I had to do and I completely forgot no that's okay that's okay I need to learn to I'm plug people I don't things. plug myself either you should go follow us on Instagram we I say we it's me it's me running it quarter <laughs> quarter underscore life underscore crisis <laughs> on instagram it's great i just post uh, memes and it's very funny illustrations it. it's great yeah and jenny the klein if you want to follow me for personal shit <laughs> anyway guys see you next week see ya <laughs> bye